It's Wednesday, so you know that means a recruiting episode for you. Today, with as much focus on the women's basketball team as the men's. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the only daily IU podcast. We are part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Big thanks for tuning in, wherever it may be from, and for making us your first listen every day. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. It's Wednesday. It's our recruiting episode, our weekly recruiting episode. And today, uh, a lot of focus on the women's basketball team as we got recruiting news over the last week. For them, we've been kind of getting more and more news and been able to include them more and more this summer on some of these recruiting episodes. And the two biggest stories, I think, of the last week when it comes to recruiting involve the women's basketball team. We'll start with uh, the Hoosiers making the top five of Avery Howe, who is the number 45 recruit in the 2024 class. So a top 50 recruit. Avery Howe, including the Hoosiers in her top five. Indiana makes it as well as USC, Utah, Duke, and Washington. Howe is a 5'11 guard out of Idaho. Not just out of Idaho. She was the Gatorade Player of the Year in Idaho. And the Hoosiers have some uh, experience in recruiting Players of the Year. Lene Beaumont and Jules Lamandola both were for Illinois and Texas this past year. Uh, Hal last season averaged 21.2 points, 13.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 2.8 steals per game. All those led her team. So she did everything for her, for her team in Idaho. She played at Boise high school uh, in Boise. So someone that has really risen up the, Recruiting boards, and that's going to be kind of a common theme in the the players we mention throughout the day's episode. Uh, in an article on ESPN back at the beginning of June, they named Hal as one of the top risers in the 2024 class. Uh, the scattering report on her from that article had this to say: uh, The 5'11 Hal is a guard who brings a competitiveness to the floor. Is vocal, brings a leadership, and and brings leadership. Excuse me, brings the leadership intangible. Howell has a fundamental handle and knows how to get to the paint for a variety of finishes and draw or drawing fouls. She is a threat from the three, although her stock will continue to rise with more consistency there. In the Adidas three SSB stop in May, she averaged nineteen point three points per game and had college coaches buzzing. Again, we, we've talked a lot with the men's basketball team that we're seeing more and more kind of the type of recruit that they want with these Mike Woodson loves these wings that can do a bit of everything. And that has really been what they've focused on with Terry Morin. It's big guards that can do a bit of everything. And that how fits the bill when it comes to that Five eleven is a big guard for, uh, women's basketball and you can just watch videos of how see her play and she plays like a big guard i mean if you're a 5'11 guard averaging 13.3 rebounds per game 
you play big. So she makes she kind of fits that mold. She makes sense as someone the Hoosiers would be recruiting. So big for Indiana on that front. In the 2025 class, Indiana offered guard Nevaeh Caffey. I'm not sure if I have that pronunciation right. Her name is literally spelled heaven backwards. So Nevaeh Caffey offered by the Hoosiers. Listed at six foot. She's not ranked on ESPN's top, I believe, 60 for top, for 2025. Again, I don't know how much I would put into that because you really only have ESPN to go off of for rankings when it comes to women's basketball. So she's not in there, but what I would say is that she certainly has a decorated career in high school already. So last season, she took over as the point guard for Incarnate Word Academy in uh, the St. Louis area, I believe, as a sophomore. Why is that notable? Well, uh, IWA went on to finish 32-0 to win their sixth straight state title and now are on a 100-game winning streak. When you think of basketball powerhouses, this is what you think of. So for a sophomore point guard to come in and take over that position and lead that team is very much notable. And there was a really good article if you just search her name. It'll be in the description of this podcast so that you guys don't have to try to figure out how to spell it. If you search her name, you can find an article on her about her sophomore season uh, toward the end of the season when they were entering the final four of the state tournament and a really, really good article that gives you some insight into her defense seems to be where she really kind of makes a name for herself. Uh, really good defender, really good at, at getting steals and creating havoc on that end. A good kind of traditional table setting point guard who I think she only averaged a little under nine points per game last season. She had a number of upperclassmen that she kind of deferred to, but she understood her role and she really was a, a good playmaker for her team and accepted that role and, and excelled in that role. So she's a, I, I would describe her kind of as more of a traditional point guard. Now her role is certainly going to expand as she becomes one of those upperclassmen, as she starts to get more and more experience. But again, though, six foot uh, is what she's listed at. Another big guard that Terry Morin likes. So you can see the pattern here and see the type of players that uh, the Hoosiers are going after. And it's, it's what they have on the roster now with kind of these big guards that can do lots of things. You really don't have one-dimensional guards on Indiana's roster. You look at a Chloe Moore McNeil, who literally can do just about anything. You look at a, a Sydney Parrish, who we saw her game expand in a way that I don't think we saw at Oregon. You look at a Grace Berger when she was here. She could do a bit of everything. The Hoosiers have a knack for bringing in these guards who can do lots of things and contribute in lots of ways. And that's what Terry Morin likes and looks for in guards. And that looks to be what she's continuing to do in the recruiting class as well with these two. So we'll keep you updated as we hear more information 
on either of these, but who's your women's basketball team in good shape recruiting some really top players in both the classes 2024 and 2025? A big name is going to be on campus for an unofficial visit on the men's side in September. We'll let you know who it is and, and as much information as we know about that here in a moment. Let's talk about our new sponsor. We mentioned them on yesterday's episode, Nutrafol. You guys, uh, if you're like me, you think that losing your hair is an inevitability. You can take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patented technology provides provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol's men's hair growth supplements. So take that first step to a visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping. When you go to Nutrafol.com slash men, enter that promo code locked on college. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter that promo code locked on college. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Big thanks to you guys for continuing to make us your first listen every single day. I know I say that all the time. I don't want it to lose any of its meaning. I really do appreciate it. Uh, We have had a really strong couple of weeks as we've gotten back into daily podcasts. And I thank you guys for that. Again, it's not just words. I really do appreciate the support you guys have shown. Let's take a look at some men's basketball recruiting news. Jalen Harrelson, a name that I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with if you followed basketball recruiting, especially in the state over the last year or so. Harrelson is not only the top player in Indiana for the 2025 class. He is a top 10 recruit in Indiana, and he will be taking an unofficial visit to IU on September 2nd. 247 Sports has him as the number eight player in the 2025 class. He's a 6'6 combo guard. 
He's at La Lumiere now, and La Lumiere has a loaded class in uh, 2025. They have a ton of talent. Jalen Harrelson is the number uh, eight recruit. Darius Adams is the number 18 recruit. Jerry Easter, number 39. Chuck Love, number 51. Trent Sicily, number 55. We mentioned Sicily, or excuse me, Sicily is not at La Lumiere. It's Melvin Bell who is. We mentioned Sicily, though, last week. Him and Harrelson have been two guys the Hoosiers have kind of put a focus on, and they've been around IU a lot in the past couple of years. This is not Harrelson's first uh, unofficial visit to IU. He's been here. There is no limit on unofficial visits anymore. You can take as many of those as you want. You only get one official visit per school uh, for junior and senior year. So this is not that. He's still coming to campus fairly regularly, though, so that does matter. He is, though, also planning unofficial visits to Purdue and Michigan State, but this is someone the Hoosiers have very much made a priority. Again, all recruitments are different. Indiana tried to make Flory Badunga a priority in the 2024 class as the top player from Indiana. He had his focus set elsewhere. I'm honestly a little surprised he announced last week that he was going to Kansas. It certainly felt like Duke was in the lead in that regard, but uh, he will be uh, playing for the Jayhawks next season. Indiana tried there and weren't able to make the inroads to, to make his kind of final grouping. Harrelson is a player that Indiana has similarly prioritized in that 2025 class, and we'll see if they're able to to kind of make those inroads. It certainly feels like they are. This recruitment feels, with Badunga, there was always just kind of an uncertainty, not through anything of his fault, but just the way the recruitment played out. You weren't really sure about kind of where things stood. You had an idea of who the leaders were, but uh, it wasn't really until he announced his final schools that you had a better sense of that recruiting with Harrelson. I think the fact that he's been around Indiana a lot and taken a number of unofficial visits is notable. I mean, you can take unofficial visits for whatever reason you want just to come watch an IU basketball game, whatever the, the idea might be, but he's routinely been on campus. And I think that is notable. The scouting report on him, uh, we can dive a little bit more in depth if he does take that official visit if it becomes a little more serious, the the general idea, uh, this was from 247 Sports. Harrelson's a big-time prospect who can play on and off ball, can score very well on the move, has really improved his three-point shooting, and can take over games as a passer. We talked a lot about the 2024 class, how much focus Indiana has had on that, and how much success they could be in store for, but... Uh, the 2025 class could equally be really good as Harrelson is one of the top guys in it and Indiana has positioned themselves well in his recruitment. Another 2025 player that you may not have heard of that will be on IU's campus a couple times in the coming weeks, Braylon Mullins. He will be taking an unofficial visit to Indiana on September 19th He'll also be at Hoosier Hysteria, I believe, in October. 
and so probably, as I said, not a name that you are familiar with. That's because, again, a number pl- an- another player, excuse me, that's really risen during this summer. Mullins visited IU as a sophomore, again, as an unofficial, uh, but he's a 2025 guard listed at 6'5", a shooting guard for Greenfield Central. He came into the summer with only a couple of scholarship offers. He kind of exits the summer with a lot more. He now has Virginia Tech, Indiana State, Kent State, Toledo, Tulane, Southern Indiana, Miami of Ohio, Ohio, and Valpo as scholarship offers. A lot of those mid-majors, but it was that Virginia Tech offer that he got that really kind of gained the attention of a lot of people. Indiana's been in contact with him. They haven't offered him. There's been a number of uh, schools, bigger schools that aren't mid-majors that uh, have been in contact with him, but the offer hasn't come yet. Now, again, he had a really strong summer and started to really put himself on the map and put himself on the radar for a lot of schools. Scouting report on him, he's a really good shooter, uh, though he did shoot just 35%. 35.4% uh, at the Adidas 3 SSB stop or, or tour, or whatever you want to call it, during this summer. He was 28 of 79 on three-pointers. But it's not the only skill he has. He's a really quick wing. Uh, was routinely one of the fastest players on the floor. Had impressive foot speed throughout the summer. So a, a big season for him could just add to those uh, offers, those scholarships he could be receiving, but someone to, to make note of. He'll, he'll be around Bloomington in the coming weeks and months, and uh, I thought it was worth kind of mentioning his name so that when you see it pop up, you know who it is. We have a couple injury updates, some good, some bad, uh, on Sarah Scalia and Race Thompson. We'll dive into both of those, let you know the good news and the bad news on that front here in just a moment. So we talked about Indiana, the women's basketball team's trip to Greece. If you guys follow any of them on social media, they were all sharing all sorts of pictures and videos and and the IU women's basketball Twitter and social media accounts were tweeting out stuff. It looked amazing as any trip to Greece looks, it, it all looked uh, amazing. One of the uh, kind of downsides or worries was on Sarah Scalia, who exited the second game for the Hoosiers with a leg injury. It didn't look great, but it was hard to really get any sort of idea, uh, especially considering Indiana didn't have uh, Mackenzie Holmes play out of what they call an abundance of caution. So you weren't really sure if there was a similar abundance of caution with not having Scalia play anymore or anything like that. This was at the end of last week. I forgot to mention it earlier this week. The good news is it sounds like Scalia is going to be all right. She tweeted good news today. God is good. Appreciate all the love and support over the past week. Uh, all indications seem to be that she is going to be okay and that there isn't anything to worry about, which is great news for the Hoosiers. Scalia looked really good. Uh, again, 
noting that it is a it was an exhibition and there wasn't the level of competition was really bad. Scalia looked really good, really comfortable in those games. And when she was on for the Hoosiers last season, they were really good. And she made them, she kind of added a dimension that nobody else on the team really had. It's, it's not a coincidence that some of her best games were games that the Hoosiers won. And so I think Indiana is really going to need her to step up and provide some of that scoring lost by Grace Berger. But you think back to that North Carolina game shortly after Grace went down, she was huge in that one. Uh, She struggled obviously through big 10 play, but the Michigan game on the road, she played really well. The Ohio state game on the road, she played really well. The, in, in the big 10 tournament, she was one of the bright spots in a, a tournament that I'm sure fans kind of want to forget, but she played really well in that. So she had moments in almost all those games were wins for Indiana. So she can find that consistency could be a big help for the Hoosiers this upcoming season. And it sounds like she won't be set back by injury at all when it comes to uh, kind of filling that role and finding that con- consistency. Now the bad news, race Thompson on Instagram, on Tuesday, posted, uh, quote, fractured my right tibia plateau two months ago. I'm going to be back and better than ever. Trust that, Ben. Been off the grid and wanted to give a little update. It was a picture of his whole leg in a, a brace and sitting in the back of a car. Just a, a gut punch of, of news for him. If you think back to a little over a month ago, he signed with the Knicks for summer league and then didn't play for them. He didn't go to Vegas and it was described, I think as a, as right knee discomfort or something. It was a very vague injury report. And now we have an idea why and what happened in that regard. It explains why he missed the summer league play with the Knicks. This is the same knee he injured versus Iowa. I am not in any way suggesting those are related It's just uh, that was immediately kind of what I thought of when I saw a knee injury or a a leg injury. It is the same leg, but I, there's no indication that those are related, but it, I mean, to that point, it's just, it stinks. Just unlucky injury luck for him. He, he came back after that Iowa injury, but it looked like he came back a little too early and he never really found his groove again. I thought to close out the season, he played well in the first tournament game, but that was kind of the exception over the final few weeks of the season. And it really stinks for him. I was hoping that he could uh, get a chance in summer league and and try to earn his way onto a training camp roster and go on from there. Hopefully this is an injury that he can heal from and, be back in time for, I don't know that he's going to get a training camp invite at this point. Your hope is that maybe he can find his way onto a G league team and turn heads there and go from there. But a real bummer of a setback for him as he looks to continue his basketball career. So a little bit of good news, a little bit of bad news when it came to injuries. That'll do it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for making locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll discuss some 
lineups for the men's basketball team that could be interesting, exciting ones we're looking forward to. So uh, be sure to let me know if there's any in the comments below you want to talk about or uh, want to see me discuss some you may be looking forward to as well. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already at LO underscore Hoosiers. You can give me suggestions there as well. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. All of that great stuff. As always, guys, hope you all have a terrific Wednesday. Get through hump day. Uh, Hope it's a quick hump day for you. Most importantly, though, LEO.